The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hello, my friends, and welcome to another exciting episode of Negotiate Anything. This show is produced by the American Negotiation Institute, and with over 5 million downloads and listeners in over 180 countries, listeners just like you have made this the number one negotiation podcast in the world. Hi, my name is Kwame Christian, and I am the founder and CEO of the American Negotiation Institute. Here at ANI, we believe that the best things in life are on the other side of difficult conversations, and we are passionate about providing providing you with the best content that will help you to make your difficult conversations easier, both at work and at home. Lastly, I want to remind you that we offer consulting and conduct trainings, both virtually and in person, all around the world. Our focus is in three main areas. First, negotiation and conflict resolution. Second, leadership. And lastly, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Check the link in the description below to learn more about how we could work with you and your team. And now, without further ado, let's jump into the interview. Vinny, thanks for joining us today. Yo, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Listen, as you can tell in my voice, listeners, I'm pumped about this episode. We, uh, <laughs> I'm so excited about yeah. this. So Vinny, so how about you get us started by telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, I am. I am ear to ear. This conversation for y'all listening to it, this will be at least 10x your expectations, I promise. And, and some of that will take your brand to the 10x, monetization to the 10x. Um, but hi, I'm an award, Emmy Award, which is nice to say, finally, after 25 years of, of being in TV, uh, an Emmy Award winning media advisor. I got my start um, in talent development at MTV in the late 90s, working with artists to get into MTV films and then ultimately the exploitation of their stories known as reality television, uh, Osborne's newlyweds, punked, uh, pimp my ride TRL. I have, I have stories to share and intimate access and, and insights into the deals that all of those people had. And by the way, if you're listening to this and you're a podcaster, I'm gonna tell you one thing, you have one thing that none of those people had when I met them, which is you own your content. So if you're, if you're a podcaster and you're creating content, congratulations, God bless you. And I am 100% subscribed to the direction you're going in. Now I hang out on LinkedIn. I try to help founder led companies, uh, talent, people who identify as talent brands. I help them identify how to create content, leverage it on media platforms. Uh, I try to make that content something that they can own so I can show them how to leverage it into TV and film and, and other media platforms. And, um, I'm really honored to be here. And by this is, this, this is a result of two people who are passionate about making sure that, that people who put their name on the line, their voice out there, that they're getting paid, that they're covered, that they're protected. And I'm really excited about where this conversation is going to go. So thanks for having me here, bud. Yeah, me too. And listen, uh, everybody check out uh, Vinny's podcast as well. We're going to put links to all of his content in the uh, in the description. Um, he was even generous enough to have me on the show uh, one time uh, earlier this year. So this is this is a long time coming. I'm excited for this. And Today, what we're going to focus on is the idea of creative co cooperation, because in negotiation, we talk about the importance of creativity all the time. And Vinny has such an interesting background when it comes to working with creatives to 
create something brand new, but then also monetizing that. So we can go through the entire creative negotiation cycle to come up with the idea and then talk about the contractual side too. And Vinny, let's let's get this party started hot because uh, my <laughs> wife, Whitney, she is going to see Beyonce in Houston and you have a, a Beyonce story. Oof. So let's just start off with that story before my, we get into the rest my of My Queen Bee story, by the way, it's a good concert. I saw it here in Jersey. It's worth every single minute and it's the it's the concert i recorded them i've never felt older <laughs> there's not as i had my phone out the entire time like i didn't you know because when you see beyonce there's some there's such a perfect version of who she is to, to re remind yourself that she's human that she breathes that she looks off camera that she fixes her hair just to just that that gentle reminder sometimes it's good for the heart and soul in, in this world of content where all we see is the final edit and, and she's someone who really, I know, has put the work in to not have to perfect the image, to perfect the image. She is the image. That's what makes that image perfect. She doesn't wait till the end for the Photoshopping to add in the dancers or extra lighting or extra ugats, a whole lot of nada. She brings that with her. Um, and I, I, I preface that by saying I was a, a casting associate at MTV in the late 90s. And one of my jobs was to support MTV films. Uh, MTV Films decided they were going to create Carmen, a hip hopera. And I got a phone call one day that it, it was going to the director of Carmen, a hip hopera was coming to the Times Square studios and we were going to be interviewing and auditioning Beyonce for it. So it was me, Beyonce, and the person I was most starstruck about, Robert Townsend, who like literally formed my entire comedic career and like introduced me to Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy Raw, by the way, got me through college. So like meeting Robert Townsend, this was like a neck, this was, this was who I needed to impress. And I have a story version of this. I'll, I'll truncate it. I had a story version where, where Beyonce reads her lines and I'm, I'm too fidgety in the room. I'm trying to be a cameraman. All of a sudden, I, I'm like doing these weird MTV pans and zooms. Robert takes my hand and he pulls me maybe like six inches from Beyonce's face. And he's like, Vin, I don't, I don't need to see that she can act. I just need to see her eye contact. He goes, all I want you to do is stay six inches from her face and just show her eye contact and Beyonce can take it from the top. And then we did it again. It was perfect. It was like unison like i couldn't believe how in synced that was and and i was torn because i was like i can't believe i took away a moment from beyonce's audition like the auditions are not a time for a cameraman a casting assistant to get the note i felt devastated that i i did something in the room that would have even <laughs> it's funny to think of that i could have done anything that would detract from the energy that is beyonce what i realize now is when you have clarity when you have goals, you don't need to micromanage. There's no constructive criticism. There's no line reads when you're very crystal clear about what you want. And what Robert did was tell the room he needs a tight shot of Beyonce's eyes and Beyonce needs to be focusing on a single thing. That's what he wanted in this framework. And none of those notes were even meant for me. I realized that too. There, he was literally talking to another 1% creative who doesn't need to be told the minute details to accomplish the goals. Instead, he reiterated his goal. I, I land on that version of the story now, 20 years later, after telling it my entire life, saying I took away energy from what I was trying to make a successful 
you know, thing. And it, it just, it's the power, it, it's the power of cooperation. It's the power of clarity. And that room was magnetic that day. And it was a moment, I mean, as you can imagine, not many people will get to audition Beyonce in her lifetime. And certainly when you have a star come in and out of a session like that, and your job creatively is to accomplish what we accomplished, um, it, it's, it's life-changing. And what she did with that role is even more important to me. Like I've, I've read articles where she talks about the importance of character development because this is the first time she's ever had a lead in a film. She's carrying, it's Carmen to hip hopper. She's playing Carmen. And it's in these rehearsals and it's in recording this film that she creates the identity of Sasha Fierce, the version of Beyonce that she steps into when she goes on stage in those moments where she might not believe she's capable of or needs to show up the way she knows she's capable of, but it just might not have it in her. She gave that power. She gave that power to another authority that she could step into. And, and as an actor back then, I thought that was powerful. Now, when I see how consistent she's been able to show up, it's like, of course, because there's you, you, you've, that space, by that space between those two characters, let's call it grace. And that's where she's living. And I learned this from being a casting assistant at MTV. What a, what a sick life experience. <laughs> that is amazing. I'm literally getting chills hearing oh. this. And I know for me, as I encapsulate this and, and bring this to Whitney, because I always want her to think that I'm cool because she doesn't think I'm that cool. I'm going to say, hey, listen, my my friend made Beyonce. OK, so uh, uh, Beyonce <laughs> made me, by the way, I'll have you know. Um, so but I, I love bringing this back to the creativity the yeah. the cooperative creativity yeah but also you brought up a really important word and that is clarity and i think that is one element of creativity that's often overlooked because if we tell people to go in a room and be creative that can be an overwhelming type of experience because the opportunities are endless which makes us feel empowered initially mm -hmm. but then when you realize the opportunities are endless then it leads to decision fatigue it leads to fear of missing out fear of a better option and it can be really um debilitating at time and so when it comes to clarity can you tell us the value of clarity when it comes to the creative process does your company invest in professional development training if you believe that your team would benefit from a negotiation workshop all you need to do is go to our website fill out the workshop request form and then we'll set up a time to chat these workshops are completely customizable and we've done them all around the country Negotiation and conflict resolution skills are beneficial across all professions, but they're especially useful in procurement, purchasing, sales, sourcing, and contract management. Our calendar is filling up quickly, and we even have some workshops scheduled for next year. If you think you might want one, I'd suggest reaching out soon so you don't miss out. Check out the link in the description to learn more, and we will be right back after this. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life, a promise that pays off. 
Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hi, I'm Tober Korn, LinkedIn's Chief Product Officer. On my podcast, Building One, we dive deep into what it takes to build great products. Recently, we had Zach Perret, the CEO of Plaid, and he shared about his struggles building a financial app for consumers and how he was able to turn it all around with a critical pivot. Take a listen. I personally couldn't resonate as much with the consumer set that we were trying to reach. I just didn't have that level of empathy. When we made the shift to building a B2B product though, I was building the product that I wanted. My co-founder and I were creating the product that we wanted ourselves, and we had so much empathy for what that product was. Such a great insight. You know, in that sense, we got lucky because we were, we were creating a thing for ourselves. And then the people that we were talking to also had the same problems we did. They were fintech developers. We'd been a fintech developer. Uh, we'd been trying to build a fintech product for a year. and so. We had such deep empathy. We had such a clear ability to... If you want to hear more of Zach Perret's story and the lessons that follow, listen and subscribe to my podcast, Building One. Oh, sure, right? So, so create, if creativity is the act of taking what is an internal thought and getting it into the real life, if that's what creativity is, if creativity is, I have an idea, I need this idea to exist outside of my head. So I need to communicate this to someone who's going to um, support it, possibly possibly create it, but definitely promote it. Um, the idea of, of cooperation, the idea of clarity exists for the sake of goals. And if the goals are short, the wins are short. If the goals are long-term, the wins are long-term. I think of two franchises I was a part of at MTV in my time, uh, The Challenge and Wild and Out. And no part of The Challenge was ever about the cast. It was always about the emotional, physical challenge that the generation that's watching television, uh, specifically MTV, goes through. And now, now if you watch that show, there have been iterations and iterations of the challenges, by the way. I think arguably we'd all say it's definitely got increasingly more challenging in a lot of unique ways. While and Out was never about the end of the episode. It was never about who is the funniest, what's the funniest rhetoric, what's the best episode possible. It was always about launching talent. It was always about being a platform to give people an opportunity to get their jokes seen and heard that weren't being seen by the mainstream. And I know that I know that for a fact. I was there when Nick pitched the show. In fact, in fact, just again to, to take a to focus on goals and to focus on clarity, Nick, Nick Cannon pitched. We hired MTV hired Nick Cannon from Nickelodeon to MTV. If you remember back in the day, that was kind of the design of those networks, right? Nickelodeon, MTV, VH1, right? That was the goal that they wanted us to kind of cycle people through so that the advertiser would advertisers would grab the 20 plus. MTV would capture teenagers and Nickelodeon would sort of be there for the younger generation. Nick came to MTV at a point in time where Carson was at a peak and Carson was looking to leave TRL. We almost had Nick Cannon hosting TRL, but Nick didn't want to get stuck as a host hosting a daily show where someone else had already made a platform from it. He knew that he was capable of creating a show that that brought people closer to what his goal was of getting on television, which to be honest, was getting more representation, more conversation, more culture and community 
we might have had some representation on the network maybe but did not have culture and community the way that that the way that comedy can usher into a network nick pitched the show on paper uh, mtv passed uh he was dating christina million back in the day it was christmas break the two of them spent some money and time recording a pilot episode that they shot themselves and came back and then repitched it to us with the goal of it being a launch pad for comedians that were not on our channel and that's when the tv executives saw it they saw the energy the camaraderie the community the culture and the comedy component of what it was so 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 sometimes, you know, understanding the goal is half the battle. I think the other half is getting people to see the goal. And if there's one thing I've learned, and Nick is a great example of it, is like you surround yourself with people who want you to be successful. Because as a creative, your success a lot of times is determined by the people who want to see you be successful. If they want you to be successful, you will be successful. If they do not, they will find ways to make it turbulent. You know, um, and if you want to acknowledge that or not, there's plenty of tools I can I can give you there. But that's that's where goal setting happens. And I think that's where where I can look back and say some of the TV franchise Housewives of New Jersey. Also, like some of the franchises I've been a part of that are so so deep into cycles are are about story engines i don't want to get all creative and, and use weird jargon St story engines i refer story engines are is the thing that connects two people together so like kim kardashian has a story engine with her mom chris right so that story engine is always going to produce some type of storyline the relationship between daughter and mother that's always that story engine will produce something that's from the, the way of looking at sustainability from a storytelling perspective on television, one of the devices that we looked in. So, so having that type of clarity, that those are the types of conversations we have in development, they would turn around to me and say, what are the story engines? What are our four or five story engines? Since we all know the Kardashians, you've got, you've got parent, sibling, you've got sibling, sibling, you've got all the siblings versus one of the parents, you've got two unique parents, you've got two unique sets of siblings, a lot of story and and then the family versus the media a lot of story engines to play with that that help build the sustainability of these creative projects and when you're pulling from story engines long-term goals it's going to yield long-term results man my head is about to explode <laughs> Vinny, because I, like with every paragraph there is just brand new information for me and i oh, cool. I, I know this is the same thing that's happening for the audience and so i just want to to synthesize this as everybody is having their own brain gasms right now please just remember <laughs> you don't need to have a full understanding of the entertainment industry in order to appreciate the brilliance of this because in this in this little session right now let's just talk about the um talking about nick cannon for example mm -hmm. pitching uh wild and out which was incredibly successful franchise um the first pitch failed because he pitched on paper in what i would consider and to be the traditional way all right this is the idea for the show but 
persistence is part of the persuasive process. And we're going to use a creative angle to persuade in this case. You can't appreciate it on paper. You need to see it. So I'm going to invest my own money to create a more persuasive pitch for you. Now you can see it. That's one thing that we can keep in mind. So when we're trying to convey a message to somebody else, sometimes they need to see it in a a different way for them to fully appreciate it. Another gem that you dropped that I think is it can be easily overlooked is the fact that you said, if the people, the representatives within the the company want you to be successful, Mm -hmm. then you'll be successful. Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of times people would say, oh, this is all insider baseball or, you know, all of these things. It's, but we have to remember, this is just how humans work. Relationships drive these things. So how are people successful? The relationships matter. And so as much as there is importance behind being creative, there's also an equal amount of importance to having those relationships because that you can be creative, you can have a great idea, but we all have seen people who have had great ideas, but couldn't get it done for whatever reason. And part of that is because they don't have the right relationships in place. And so what we're recognizing is that in the entertainment industry, there are multiple angles that you need to approach things from in order to be successful. Yes, you need to have a great idea, but in the world and in Hollywood in particular, everybody's got great ideas. So what differentiates you? And sometimes it's the relationships. So we need to negotiate from multiple angles to create those strong relationships that are going to be willing to work with you in your creative endeavors. Oh yeah. And yeah, absolutely. You're, there's a great example in 2006, uh, fat man scoop and his then wife Shonda created a podcast called man and wife. And it was for the first time ever, a married couple talking about sex. You're talking to a guy who watched MTV in the late nineties with Dr. Drew and, and Adam Carolla, I think are the, those are the informative voices of sex and sex ed to my life. Two men, by the way, that I do look like, but I could not have anything less in common with. And I found it to be polarizing by a married couple talking about being open, being shut, having an opinion and the respect of each other. I remember saying to Scoop, because by the way, in 2006, podcasts were gated by technology. If you had access to a microphone, you were more prone to do something in the podcast space. So a lot of actors and people who had access to radio networks and in sta- stations like that would use it in the off time. And I'll never forget, he, he went into the studio and he recorded it with his wife. I said, Scoop, this is like you and your wife talking about sex. Like, I don't think the two of you should be in a in an audio booth talking about sex the way that you guys are talking about it. Bring the microphone into your bed, and I kind of want to like I want you to be a little bit more comfortable. Take me to the take me to the place in your relationship where you have these honest conversations. I don't want it necessarily. I don't feel like it needs to be distilled for the sake of audio clarity. You know, to be done in in a booth. And we spent a day at the house. He had the equipment. He because he was doing music videos, so he had the equipment. We, uh, by the way, we rec- we tried an episode in the. This sounds so honeymoonish. We tried it in the kitchen. We tried it in the bathroom. We, we tried it in in the bedroom. The bedroom worked so well that they recorded every episode from the bedroom. We took the bed and put it on stage, and the bed became. It, they they toured by doing this. I pitched the show to MTV. MTV didn't see this as being a viable conversation for our audience, but I was passionate about these very specific two people 
having this conversation on at least one of our 15 networks, MTV, MTV2, MTVU, MTV3, like we were MTV.com, we were booming at that point. So, so I went downstairs to new business and I said, there's a podcast, it's looking to get a website built. If we can give them $100,000 to help build the podcast website, we can get in on the podcast and we can be part of this conversation. What other artist is talking about sex who's married to someone who is trained, who has a license to talk about sex ed in the way it, all the pieces just felt so perfect. We got $100,000 because the 17th floor, you know, saw it, uh, by the way, meaning a different department at MTV understood the value of it, which I knew was the first step I needed because once you got that pocketbook open, it is so easy to get another 100 and another 100. And a week later, I went back to production and I said, look, we bought the website, MTV.com is vested in it. If we don't do the show, scare tactics, someone else is. You want another network to take our show that we're going to make, we're going to make, they're already superstars on our network. Gosh, gosh, what an unfortunate circumstance. What are we going to do now? I guess we, and I knew it. And that's how it took. And again, that's because it's finding the right people and those gigantic companies that you want to work for, Apple, Spotify, MTV, NBC, finding the right group of people who want to see that success all the way through champion you finding those champions on the inside that's the i know i i didn't think about this and maybe you meant for me to come on this on my own but maybe i was a i i was definitely a champion of people at mtv i was a person who who whispered into nick cannon's ear and i said yo nick you're asking for all the ways that people are getting paid and they're telling you here's your executive producer fee here's your actor fee but they're not telling you like if your show does better than x per viewers maybe you can get an incentive for increased viewership fee um or you haven't asked for a location fee yet <laughs> or you submitted a tape that tape technically is a video and the video is something you can get paid for where the idea isn't so the, there could be a a, a a way to monetize the actual content not the, the media idea but the actual content of media that's that's something ironically regardless of your scope or taste for media that that are is more relevant now in the workspace than ever in the 90s talent development was celebrities actors musicians artists talent development as we know it now go to linkedin it is us ceos cmos we the people the employees not even the employers we you know are the talent that are being developed so you want to know the importance of i look at those celebrities how they get paid for their name, image, likeness, and, and those celebrity contracts that tend to fit only for celebrities. And I realize how people who are creative or creators because of design of their jobs or by the seats that they sit in in their companies are now called to do it, that they have the rights to those protections as well. And I get excited about that because that's where there's money to be made. And, and that's, that's where building the personal brand out of the gate is the most rewarding. Absolutely. Okay. So let me let me do this, Vinny. What I'm going to do is do a quick synopsis of the last points that you made, just highlighting some negotiation points. And then I'd like to transition to talking about NIL, talking about creative deal options, and then how as we, like you said, we the people can utilize some of these yeah. in our everyday lives. Sure. So first, when we were talking about the um the, the podcast with Fat Man Scoop, 
fantastic. I have to get this joke in, you know, in Hamilton where they say, uh, you want to be in the room where it happens. Hey, that's what you wanted to do. <laughs> you wanted to be in the room where it happens. It's and the true. bed was the magic. So I think that's great. Um, one of the things that this highlights is the value of options. When it comes to power, power comes from our optionality. So mm -hmm. in negotiation, we talk about our BATNA, our best alternative to a negotiated agreement. So when you first pitched it, they weren't interested, that specific department, that's fine. I've got other options. I'm gonna go with somebody else who can see it. And so by having those other options, you didn't feel the need to have any inappropriate compromises because you could just go with somebody else. I think that's really important to make sure that as we are negotiating, we're always considering what our plan B, C, D, and so on will be if we can't get a deal here today. The next thing is you use the foot in the door technique. You didn't ask for millions of dollars up front. You said, hey, just 100K. Let's let's just get this started. We can do 100K. <laughs> right. And so it's like, all right, yeah, let's do that. But you knew that once you got the pocketbook open, it'll be easier to get more. So it starts with that little ask. And so this is the foot in the door technique. Hey, you know, let's just have a conversation. That's step one. Hey, just a little bit of money. Step two. And then you keep coming back and then the, then it busts open the opportunities. And then the last one, persuasion wise, let's just simply describe it. You use the carrot and the stick. Hey, so if we do this, we could make a lot of money. That's the carrot. This is a positive thing. But on the other side, if we don't do this, somebody else will do it. That triggers fear of missing out. And listen, even if I don't want to have this, I don't want the other person to have it. We're using this, the rules of the sandbox again, right? I don't want the other person to have it. So again, just the, the, the story that you provided on how you got this podcast into life is, is another masterclass in negotiation. So I wanted to make sure that people didn't miss out on, on those particular elements of it. Yeah, thank you. I love the way that you're processing this because exactly as I intended to be as well. If, if these insights are not as actionable as you think they are, reach out to me and ask me how, how to connect this on LinkedIn, reach out how to connect the story to what you're going through now. Um, you know, what I learned from the celebrities that I worked with at MTV because to your point, I wanted to be in that room because everyone needed to go through MTV to get to the youth audience. The youth audience is what I wanted to be connected to. So Diddy had to go through MTV. Ashton Kutcher had to go through MTV with Punk. Ozzy Osbourne had to go again and Sharon through MTV to yet again reintroduce, reintroduce themselves. So I, I realized that if I could perch myself at that location, that if I wouldn't need to run around the world looking for the top one percenters, by the way, I talked earlier about how I found you and you are part of the alchemy of my success. When I go to LinkedIn, I look for your content because I know I'm gonna write something theoretically based on what you're talking about. I'm a, I want to be cooperative in our space while being innovative. Right. So I want to be cooperative. I want to react because I love that because I, I'm an audience member. You want to know anything more, more than anything? If there's like you could put me in any seat in the entire stage, a moderator, star, cameraman, a spotlight operator, audience front row. I love being in front of talent. I love spotting it. I love 
seeing it. It's the movies that make me cry when a kid taps into his, their inner ability and they, they do something for their first time. They didn't know they were a basketball hoop or something. Oh man, that would bring me down to tears in a heartbeat. And, and I can do that now with us adults because, because we weren't taught to be creative in school because we had different, you know, disciplines or specialties. And for some reason or another, that element of communicating was removed. And now because of tech, I can help. And also and so precaution with precaution, right? So I'm, I'm all about um, uh, being mindful. There's no part of my SEO strategy that waits till the end to put in the words that I want my life to be discovered by and, and led by. Um, from a personal brand perspective, this again, what I learned from Beyonce, Diddy, Ashton, all of these people are solopreneurs at first. They don't have a big company. They have a big presence, right? But they don't have a big company, one or two people. And they're, no one's working directly for them. They have managers in this. How to scale, you have to be cooperative. You have to understand the goals of the network. Some of that can be in the data. Some of that data is acceptable. Some of, sometimes it's not in the data. And that's actually the best. I love when MTV would say, we, we're missing this data set. How do we get this audience to MTV? And I would go out and find people that would bring stories, culture and community and content and opportunities and other types of celebrities and other types of personalities that weren't on that network yet. But it was their name, their image, their likeness that I was always leveraging. <laughs> I just started laughing. I almost got in trouble. I did get in trouble, spring break. And I had a book of celebrity that would specifically attract what we were looking for was a large Latina crowd to come to MTV to, to really be able to celebrate and not just um, a, a one-off, but someone who would really have impact. And I booked Sofia Vergara. I thought at a point in time in 2004 or five where her English was not as good as it is now and was seen on the show. And I can understand why some of my uh, executives uh, reacted the way they did, but I didn't care. You asked me to create a moment that would send shockwaves to a culture and community. And I am not going to pass up on the opportunity to put someone on television just because you don't understand them doesn't mean that we don't understand them. And part of what I have to do is cooperate. I have to make sure so so we come up with the idea of subtitles or we 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 accompanied her her appearance with another artist who'd be able you know they'd be able to like play off of each other and and open it up so that it, it was something that didn't not get seen by the light of day because it wasn't what people understood that's the fringe that's to me where cooperation happens and i would only have known it was sophia gara and she was the one I only knew it because of her publicist, because there was one publicist that I trusted to call on who always delivered talent to MTV, specifically to that audience where we were trying to get more representation on the, on the network. And, and that's where, to be honest, diversity turns into inclusivity. And, and then in the, in the practice of casting, I realized how important the people who are, are are referring talent to me, even to your point of, even to the point earlier, of like when I know I go on LinkedIn and I know I'm looking forward to content, I'm able to pull it and trust it. You know, these are sources that I can say yes to in my life. I don't have to question and I can move, I can move on consciously. That's, it's really powerful when you're able to tap in trust and you're working with people who are protected. 
I think that's a really, for me, an ideal way to partner and collaborate in this turbulent yet rewarding world of creativity. <laughs> oh, again, this is great because I, I love this, the story where you're saying, yes, we wanted, we want to bring in Sophia for this. Fantastic. And then people aren't comfortable. And so they might say no. And so it appears as though this is a binary choice, yes or no, but really we're utilizing the third option, which is creative and collaborative negotiation. We're saying, okay, your interests and your concerns have legitimacy. My interests and my concerns have legitimacy as well. So let's work together to address all of these things while working toward that collective goal too. And so it wasn't that you just pushed through and said, no, they don't understand. We're doing it my mm -hmm. way this exact same way. No, we cannot do that. We have to take their concerns into consideration and then you make a, an event that is more inclusive and potentially more successful because you incorporate the ideas from other people who see the world differently from you i think this yeah. this is really great well i had to i made the mistake of not doing that on one or two bookings and i was asked to take that person off the show and i realized that i can make an impact and that impact has to be recorded now but that impact might come a couple of years from now. And I, I became okay with that. If I could get it on tape, if I can get it, if I can get my foot in the door and start the conversation, I know I can come back and continue it. Right. Oh man, this is good. I know we've, we've been here for like an hour, you and me before. Best. I know it's going to be shorter for the, uh, the, for the audience, but I could not stop talking to you brother i will we'll have you back on because this it's so fascinating and besides the the, the master class in negotiation that you've given us the storytelling is amazing uh, you know hey, so it's a this, good place to learn i'll great. tell you i learned from the best i really truly did they made my life possible they make our life possible they teach us the wins the fails the things that should happen and the things that could happen i learned from the best yeah, no, I appreciate this. And listeners, we're of course, we're going to have all of Benny's uh, content, his socials, follow him on LinkedIn, because his, the, the posts that he makes are really, really great. So make sure you follow him there. But again, before you go, um, Benny, I want to give you an opportunity to, to shout out some of the work that you're doing. And let's Thanks. give him one little piece of encouragement before they hit the road. Oh, yeah, man. How about this? Just get guest, get get guest, get out there and guest, get on someone's podcast. Podcasting isn't owned by a company. There's no part of the publicly traded world of media that's even touching podcasting. We, the people, own podcasts. I trust us, the people who have control over the content. And, and I found myself in a whole new way through a whole new lens by allowing myself to show up as a guest. And I'm humbled to be here with you, Kwame. My podcast is called I Have a Podcast. You can check it out at IHaveAPodcast.com. Uh, join my LinkedIn newsletter at VPE.TV slash I Have a Podcast. And if you have a podcaster, know someone or just have a podcast that you love and can use a little bit of a, a level up and amp up, reach out to me because I look for podcasters that I'm constantly identifying and amplifying, trying to get our voices out there. So we have sustainable impact. It's all about sustainability with long-term win. So thank you for this space, bud. Yeah, my pleasure. And thank you again for, for sharing your expertise. Really appreciate it. 
congratulations you've just joined an elite club by listening to a full episode you're now officially on the negotiate anything team so welcome aboard what most team members do is they subscribe to the podcast because that allows them to automatically get the latest episodes of the show the best things in life lie on the other side of difficult conversations keep learning keep practicing and keep getting better your relationships will improve your career will soar and you'll have the confidence you need to get the most out of these crucial conversations. Again, thank you for joining the team. We're excited to have you and I will see you in the next episode. I'll catch you later.